0: Hello there. Welcome to episode two of This Is Lit, a podcast where we'll be talking about all things literature. My name is Emily and joining me today is Prue Baker. Hello, Prue.
1: Hi, Emily.
0: How are we going? And Sean. <laughs> uh, I'm well.
2: <laughs> Very That's well.
0: That's good. And we also have Sean Clark with us. Hi, Sean.
2: Hello. This is going to be like my catchphrase. <laughs> it's just going to be me sounding like Frank Walker from National Tiles. I think I've, I I've it. done it and then now I just have oh my role of it. Yeah, yep. it's like another thing that you guys can make fun of me for. It's fine. Yeah, good idea, actually. <laughs> You're making it too easy for us, aren't you? Yeah, that's, look, if you can't beat them, join them.
0: Good, good mindset. I like it. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, yeah, as we mentioned last week, if you listened, um, we've made this part, uh, this podcast, to pretty much talk about the twelve text that we're teaching at the moment. So today we're going to be continuing on with our discussion of the longest memory, and then as of next week we're going to move on to the seven stages of grieving. Um, So yeah, last week we chatted about characters. Today, though, we are going to be moving on to talking about the themes that are explored in the novel. So yeah, our discussion will be based around four focus questions, just like last week, um, and ended with a little quotes game sort of thing. So to kick things off, I guess we'll go back to basics. What
1: actually is a theme? All right, um, I've got a definition of theme straight from uh, Dr. Google. Um, <laughs> the most reliable source. Excellent. Love that. Love that. Professor Google. Yes, yeah, so the best. Um, so the theme in the story is its underlying message or big idea. In other words, what critical belief about life is the author trying to convey in the writing of a novel, a play, short story, or poem? Um, so it's basically like, what meaning do we get from this this text? Um, and the, a text that you study will have multiple themes,
2: so more than one.
0: Cool. So that being said, um, Sean, what are some of the themes that we see in the longest memory? <laughs> Was that Sean disappearing, <laughs> coming back? Yeah, I'm back. Yep.
2: <laughs> Just kill me, kill me now just murder me it's oh my god um I missed all that I assume you were like hey do you want some important themes now like yeah, yeah. I pretty much asked you to yeah tell us what some of the
0: themes are from the longest memory so love if it, you could
2: love do it, that well, that would it. be great <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it really quickly in case I drop yeah. out again um yeah. <laughs> so the, the major themes that we discuss um uh is powerlessness within the text power and powerlessness in the text the role of women and identity and belonging um the reason why these three texts are uh, These three themes are done a lot is because they often come up in the exam um, and I would say, like in my professional opinion, um, that they are like the most important themes within the text. Um, So powerlessness is explored, obviously, with Cook and Lydia um, and people being powerful um, or having some power over others. Um, In the text is obviously Sanders Jr., Sanders Sr. Um, And to some extent, um, and I know that we discussed discussed this last week, but, like, Cook has, like, power or influence over some people in the text, um... As well, uh, then we talked about obviously the role of women is a really important theme within *The Longest Memory*. Um, obviously, uh, like how the women react to everything terrible in their life, um, and how little power they have is like discussed a lot of the time in the book. Um, and obviously, the role that Lydia plays in her progressive views—what um, the editor, like the Virginian editor, calls her progressive views. Um, And then we also talk about identity and belonging as well, so um, how the slaves kind of view themselves and um, how other characters view themselves and how they belong to a certain family unit or a certain group or obviously a certain race and stuff like that. So, yeah. those.
0: I'm guessing she was going to finish that sentence by saying that those are some of the themes from The Longest Memory. Um, Cool. So... Now that we've just like kind of introduced what themes are, um, yeah, what themes are within the novel a bit, we have come up with four like discussion questions, which we're going to have a chat about now. Um, So Will this you... first, yep. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> this first one uh, is one that Sean has come up with, and that is, yeah. what is the greatest injustice in the novel? I love
2: this question.
0: I found this really hard. I must say. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> oh really? Uh, I yeah. think like all well, the obvious, the obvious
1: answer is the slavery.
0: Yeah, yeah. like just as a collective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. collective <laughs> yeah. slavery.
1: Uh, yes, yeah. slavery. Pretty yeah. Um. Um. And the cruelty that the African Americans are subjected to through yep. their, like complete lack of freedom, um, mm. and as a result, like l- lack of hope about the future, um. And the present and even past um, Mm. that they experienced. Um, Yeah, and just uh, the the powerlessness that they, like, they experienced from being enslaved. Yeah, because I guess
0: that's, like, a key thing where, like, they they actually didn't have the power to change their situation at all. Like, they... That was just their fate. It was just like, yeah, well, you've been born into slavery, so you were gonna be a slave for the rest of your life. And if you run away, you're probably gonna get killed.
1: So yeah, yeah this is your life they now. <laughs> <laughs> they had to literally choose between um if they wanted to some like cho- like choose their freedom, they were it's almost certain death. Um so like you can understand why many probably wouldn't like that's pretty like mm. that would be a very scary choice. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: um did, I think personally before I probably cut out again. Um <laughs> I think the greatest injustice in the novel is probably um Chapel. I don't know, Chapel to me seems like he's like a voice of the mm. of the of the um african-americans in the novel and i find that like that obviously he gets killed by sanders jr and i find that the greatest injustice because it's kind of like Diaguar or jaguar or whatever his name is he's like stamping out all that hope that we had not only mm-hmm. as um you know other african americans that are represented in the book but also the reader's hope as well that chapel um could one day find happiness perhaps in this terrible life of his, of his that's not his fault Mm. Yeah,
1: well, I guess it's interesting by the how the author, the novel is written. We hardly we don't even get that really that hope because we know straight away that Chapel died. So yeah, when we yeah, then true. learn about his life and you know his his budding romance with with Lydia and learning um to read and write um that it just highlights that tragedy mm. of that he, we just because we know that he's not going to to get what he wants. He's, yeah, he's not going to make mm. it.
2: Yeah, yeah we know that's what, what I badly. would find the greatest injustice would be. I think, yeah, that's, it's just, yeah, it's very sad. I hate mm. it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, another thing that I found really sad is like Whitechapel's situation where it's like mm. he's lived yeah. his whole life, which was a really long life. They talk about that a lot, the fact that he's been alive for like forever. Mm. Um, And he, yeah, so his whole life like trying to make the best of the situation, trying to like make sure that he always like, is you know doing his best to earn the respect of other people um he tries to like educate the younger slaves to keep them safe from harm as well during their lifetimes he tries to that's ultimately what he's trying to do for chapel which you know like whether he actually did the right thing or not by um yeah telling mr white chapel about his whereabouts that's like obviously up for debate but within all of this like his heart was in the right place
2: Mm -hmm. and so
0: like You know, he's tried to do all the right stuff um, and make the best of, like, his life. But instead he ends up witnessing the death of his son, which he ends up, like, blaming himself for. Um, Mm. The rest of his family shuts him out as well. Mm. And he ends up spending, like, his final days just, like, filled with grief. And, like, Mm. there's that, I think, the second last chapter where he's just, like, questioning all of his values that he had during his lifetime. And he's kind of, like, you know, hating on himself for the way everything's turned out. And, Mm. yeah, I found it quite sad, like, that he's tried to live a life of good, but ends up being out, like literally unable to live with himself and is like hated yeah. by everyone else that he knows.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to question
1: number two, Prue Baker. What is your right. question?
0: Um,
1: my question is, now that I think about it, maybe not so thematic, but um, <laughs> what do you think the is the takeaway of the novel? So after reading it, like what's something that you learned?
0: Um, yeah, (laughs) this was another hard question. I feel like they were all kind of tricky for me this week. Maybe it's just like, um, (laughs) symbolic of like where my head is at the moment. I can't think very well. (laughs) um, I feel that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the main sort of goal of this novel was just basically to shed light on how awful the experience of slaves was or were, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. and to kind of like give a modern audience and understanding of, like, the roots of racism and where it all kind of stems from.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think it does, like, yeah. quite
0: a good job of showing, like, what it would have been like to be in the South during the 1800s from, like, a variety of perspectives. So, like, even if, you know, you can't really relate to being a slave or being black or anything like, thing like that, they also have, like, uh, Mr. Whitechapel who's, like, conflicted with his views. You've got Lydia who's, like, a woman who, like, um, is Has also, very little, yeah,
2: voice. Yeah, and, yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel as if, yeah, the main sort of takeaway was that, like, hopefully the readers would have a bit more of, of an understanding of, like, the plight of African-Americans in a more modern-day setting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I have kind of the, of the one same one. view. Mm. Um, my view was just to, like, educate, like, to be able to be educated, like, about the time mm. and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, me and Emily, I suppose our answers are going to be very similar. Um, but, yeah, mine was to to educate a more modern audience but you put it very eloquently and I'm just like, I don't know to learn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, Prue, for cutting you off. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: I guess mine's probably the same, like that generational trauma. So by understanding the past, we understand the present um, mm. and we understand how trauma can get passed down um, from mm. generation to generation. Um So I guess that from that inclusion of that chapter from the great-grandmother, I think that really touches on that idea um, of how, you know, she's this great-granddaughter during the time that the novel is set is now a great-grandmother but, you know, obviously her trauma um, would have been passed down to her and um, descendants as well. Um, Yeah, so I guess we learn about this trauma that, um, the African Americans and the slaves would have experienced from slavery and just the denial of their basic human rights um, mm. and how that would have been passed down um, and how it can ripple down and affect current mm. current generations as well.
2: Mm. And I just think it pairs so beautifully, like, with the seven stages of grieving, which obviously we're looking at next week, like, because mm. all that sort of stuff. I don't really, like, as a as somebody that hasn't suffered, um, obviously, racism, uh, from racism, uh, it's bettering my knowledge of generational trauma as well. So, yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think that, and that ties in with my next um, idea as well. It's like, we kind of see also how people deal with grief and loss. Um, yeah. yeah like the the like these people almost experience similar things um in their own individual way but um they deal with it in a different way and you can see the polar polar opposite way of how Whitechapel and how Chapel deal with Mm -hmm. the grief of being enslaved, the loss of their freedom. Um yeah and I guess we've kind of learned that there's real no correct way to Mm -hmm. to
2: deal with it. Yeah. Mm
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, grieving is point. not linear. Mm. Yeah, grieving isn't linear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool um, once we
0: start comparing that with um, like seven stages next week. I think that'll be really mm. good. Okay. Cool. So cool. Um, cool. So onto the next <laughs> yeah, question. Let's continue. Another one from Sean is, <laughs> <laughs> why do you think the author has included the plight and suffering of women in the novel? Oh yeah, tell mm. me tell
1: me your reasons. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, we get an insight into like the intersectionality of um race and sex. Um so we we see uh, how black women are treated as opposed to black men, um mm. where they might have similar experiences but not the same. Um in the example would be like a big example would be a Cook and how she was treated um when she was raped by Sanders Sr. Um, mm. and really how nothing really was done. Um, it was up to, you know, Whitechapel to kind of um, to do anything about it if it weren't for Whitechapel. Um,
2: she who would, knows be would Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Who knows what would have happened to her. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's we've got to look at also how, People are like their experiences because of their gender as well. Um, and when it's intersectioned with, with race. It, um
2: mm. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. um what do my students <laughs> say today? I think my, they said like uh, she's like doubly um oh uh, what what word did we use? Uh doubly oh, uh, I can't think of it. I suck. Uh, welcome to my remember. world <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 love it um, yeah. she's like doubly uh, like messed up in her life basically like she won't yeah. make it as a person of colour and she won't make it as a woman back in those days as well like mm. all she can hope like she just has to hope for the best yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Emily what did you think? Oh no Prue's still going <laughs> oh no I
1: was just gonna say like um, <laughs> like if there's anything harder than being black it probably would be being black woman yeah um, absolutely yeah for yeah. sure
0: yeah mm. um yeah I had a slightly different take where I thought too that maybe it was that um it's to kind of show that there's like multiple groups that have been oppressed throughout history yeah So like obviously the the main focus is obviously on the experience of black slaves and the way in which like they as a group have experienced like a crazy amount of inequality and discrimination in society and everything Um, But yeah, I also thought that the author might have also wanted to kind of remind us that like there's other groups in the world and throughout history that have been oppressed and discriminated against as well. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: And that are also still
2: struggling to have their voice heard as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: actually yeah. Yeah. So I thought it obviously wanted to um, give like black people a voice and then also maybe give women a bit of a voice as well, especially from those times. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought that Diagua was trying to do anyway. Mm. Yeah, I do have in my notes I said he's all about giving the voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Um, I that. love that. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a good quote. <laughs> Thank For your introductions, you. introductions guys. There you go. <laughs> <do. laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and I think um I could be wrong about this, but the women have the most chapters or maybe Whitechapel does, Ooh, but it's multiple there's multiple Cook chapters, isn't there? And there's multiple Lydia I think, chapters. I think we've
0: got two Cook chapters, two Lydia chapters, and the great grandmother chapter.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. And Watcherfall does have a few, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's I a mean, few he was the like, protagonist. Than, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have more than the the general. Hmm. Hmm. I never mm. thought about that. Yeah.
0: Neither. Mm. so smart. yeah, because Chapel Chapel only gets one chapter. Sanders Junior gets one. Sanders Senior gets one. Um, Mr. Whitechapel has, well, technically one, two, I guess. Again.
1: The plantation owners. Yeah. If you count that one, yeah.
0: Hmm. Mm, interesting. Hmm. I never hmm.
1: thought of that. Hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, nice. Cool. Moving on to our final question for today, then. Um, This is my one here. It's not as thought-provoking as the rest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I, I wanted to know what is the significance of the book's title, The Longest Memory, and which themes does this relate to?
1: Um, free, I though. think it, <laughs> I think it relates to memory. Oh my
2: god! Probably didn't think of that,
1: did you? <laughs>
0: I had no idea. How did you work that okay, out? I, That's
2: so crazy. Cool. I, I just think,
1: I'm just like how I think outside the box. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Um yeah so obviously um and I think also back to it's like it feels like a buzzword this podcast um but generational <laughs> trauma. Um, yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. No this yeah, bodes well this mentoring. bodes well for our next unit like this bodes mm-hmm. well for seven stages cuz that's pretty much what we talk about the whole time. Okay great good. Yeah yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> good. So more fun like <laughs> lighthearted sort of conversation. Can't wait. Yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. real fun lighthearted mm-hmm. stuff. So. Love it. Sorry Pru. Mm-hmm. keep going. Um, yeah,
1: and I guess just how things are carried down, the longest memory, um, meaning I think it can relate to Whitechapel being, you know, he's been alive for so long and, um, his memories, but I think the memory is, you know, the memory of slavery and it being just, um, passed down through, for over a hundred years, through generations, over a hundred, hundreds of years, um, through generations, um, and what that means. So. Mm. yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it was kind of like a nod towards um I don't know, like I obviously agree and I think that's what why Jaguar's done it but also um the longest memory, I don't know, like yes it means like the longest memory in part in part in the past, um but also the longest memory kind of to me, I don't know, this is probably totally wrong and really like left field. Um but it's almost, love it, it's almost, <laughs> it. Um, it's almost <laughs> as if this is the memory that will never end because this is a struggle that will never end. Mm. Does that That's make boring. sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's <is> really <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the longest memory, like, it continues to get longer and longer be, mm. being the longest memory because the, you know, racist tr- struggles, like, obviously it's very topical at the moment with the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like this, like, where Still experiencing mm-hmm. this from the past all the way to the present, therefore mm-hmm. the longest memory.
0: Love it. <laughs> Love
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys probably bad. like that was that was crap, but no, <laughs> actually, no I actually I would um yeah <laughs> oh,
1: yeah <You'd> be like, <laughs> yeah we wouldn't hold back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah. I my take was pretty similar to both of yours. That like yeah, if we look at it on like a more superficial level, it refers to white um, but, like, in a more broad sense, it's, yeah, talking about how it's still still a thing. Like, even though we haven't pra- actually practiced slavery for many years, there's still a lot of people who are suffering from it.
2: Yep.
0: yeah, yep. And, yeah, also probably still quite a few um, people that have, like, archaic views regarding yes. race as well.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And maybe that we need to remember, like, these are the things that we need to remember and mm. um, talk about. Yep. Maybe. I don't mm. know.
0: <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, I guess that brings us to our final section of today's episode, which is who said that. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: it. I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: um we've each picked a quote from the novel which relates to some sort of theme. Um and yeah, we're gonna be guessing yeah, guessing what the theme of the quote is as well as like who said it and how it kind of relates.
2: Love it. Yeah.
0: Um, so I guess I'll go first. So my quote is: "I can see their dreams as plain as their color and youth on their faces. Paradise is the answer
1: I get from them." Ooh. As plain as the – what did you say? As plain as the.
0: So. So I can see their dreams as plain as their color and youth on their faces. Paradise is the answer I get from them. Oh, is it? Plant?
1: Um, is it? Not, oh, I was gonna say Whitechapel. chapel.
2: White, yeah, yeah.
1: And is it relate to like hope and like youth? Yeah. Um, so it's
0: um. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want to keep talking? Am I wrong? No. Yeah, you're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, like hope because of like when like youth brings hope, usually of like you know a bright future, positive future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I am yeah. So thinking. so he's like, yeah. I guess um
0: like specifically talking about so like the young slaves, but like the young runaway slaves in particular. Mm. Mm. Um, and because yeah, he's talking about how when like they, or I think it's something like when he asks them where they like think they're going, they say paradise. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. mm. freedom is paradise.
0: Yep. Yeah. Mm. Good job, guys. <laughs>
1: All right, um, I've got two and I can't decide which one I want to do. I'm going to do this one. Okay. Um, Love it. <laughs> the human spirit is passive in some, but nature shows us that it is rebellious in most. Um. <laughs>
2: From... um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again, Prue?
1: Yeah. <laughs> is it too hard? Okay. um <laughs> The human spirit is passive in some, but nature shows us that it is rebellious in most. Is it Whitechapel again? No. Mm. Is
2: it is it Sanders Senior or Junior? No. <laughs> 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 Hurry out. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you chose the on, one.
1: Damn it.
0: Is it Mister Whitechapel?
2: It is. Yes. Ah, so smart. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um obviously themes, uh, say the quote one more time. <laughs> I actually really liked this quote as soon as I read it.
1: Um, the human spirit is passive in some, but nature shows us that it is rebellious in most.
0: Cool. So it's kind of talking about how, like, so Chapel would be considered, like, passive, um, yeah. but chapel is obviously quite rebellious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's natural to rebel, I think, it mm. length. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like links to freedom as yeah, I was gonna say freedom and hope. Yeah. Like it's almost natural to rebel against being enslaved. So basically slavery is unnatural.
2: Hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Mm. me too. I like it a lot. All right, guys, you ready for mine? Mine's super easy.
1: Good. Thanks.
2: (laughs) Thanks. Love that. Um, so I'll just start reading it. Um the this, this is, you know, who this is. The master is daylight, the slave is night. A complete day needs both light and dark.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that wasn't as easy as she made out for it to be okay. just then. Um, <laughs> my bad, my bad,
2: my bad. Can you repeat it, please? Out? Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Sorry, I cut it out. Um, so I said. The master is daylight, the slave is night. A complete day needs both light and dark.
1: Is it the Virginian editor?
2: No. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Damn it.
1: it. <laughs> is it Mr. Whitechapel again? No. Yeah. Is it one of the plantation owners? No. What? Is it it's, Whitechapel?
2: It's Whitechapel. <gasps> oh. What? Oh, my God. What yeah. did he say that? Oh, that. Mm. That, because remember how you guys talked about at the end when he kind of resigns to his life? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming from that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I <laughs> love that it. like
1: that's saying that like he need like they need each other as like slaves and masters. Mm.
2: Yeah? Yeah, pretty much. That's how I got it. A complete day wow. needs both light and dark. Hmm. Hmm. So Gee, is' he making a comment? Well. Yeah, it's very bleak. It reflects like his um like his thoughts at the time as well. Mm. Um, but he's making a comment on how, and I'm getting a bit history teacher on you here. Mm-hmm. America would not have been as successful or rich if they didn't have slaves if they didn't do all mm. of this. So I think I th- I feel like it's a nod to that. Mm. I don't mm. know. My, and I, I guess too, like thought. the
0: view at the time that, like the they couldn't have functioned without slavery like they needed yes it.
2: yes they needed it to live yeah. and make money and well, well not obviously the african-americans but the white mm-hmm. americans they need the slaves to make money yeah 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 so, i'm yeah. just like
1: shocked that white chapel would think that but then i guess maybe he if he's indoctrinated in a way
2: like mm-hmm. he's just
1: mm-hmm. resigned and he's like this is the way of it
2: yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah anyway i like
1: that
0: cool well, here I was thinking like, oh, like our quotes are going to be just really obvious ones. We've all gone for like tricky ones. I felt mm. even Chance that was allegedly easy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought it would be easy because I when I found, when I was going through the book and finding it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is obviously clearly from the end, like the end of the novel. And then yeah, White yeah, Whitechapel talks at the end. I don't know. Leave me alone. But I feel like Whitechapel also
1: always talks in like that dreamy, you know, mm. reflective way. Mm, true. Um,
0: true. True, 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 true. Alrighty. Cool. Well, that wraps up episode two, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, next week, we will be beginning the seven stages of grieving, which is by Wesley Enoch and Deborah Melman. Um, so tune in then to hear a bit of an introduction to yeah our new text.
2: Alrighty. Cool. Alright. Bye. bye, guys. Bye. See you. Bye. bye. bye.